Hello everyone, welcome back again to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And you're joining us as we work together through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And we're midway through season six, our journey through the Gospel of Mark. If you're here for the very first time, then why not subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts from, and that way you'll never miss another single episode. That way, you too can make the decision to make the study of the Bible part of the rhythm of your daily life as well. So with that said, we'll drop straight back into the text where we left off last time, Mark chapter 8, and we're going to be looking at verses 10 to 26 together today. And I've called today's message, Time for Your Spiritual Sight Test. When I was growing up, I think I believed that when it came to people in regards to their eyesight anyway, they were pretty much divided into two categories. There were those who were blind and there were those who could see. It seems that that was a rather simplistic view because I now understand there are all sorts of spectrum of being partially sighted. We see that represented in all the classifications in Paralympic sport. But what I've come to understand also is I also believe what is true physically is also true spiritually when it comes to our spiritual sight and insight. I now believe that there are those who are blind and that there are those who can see, but there are also, in a sense, those of us who are spiritually partially sighted. And what I'd like for us to do today is sort of have a spiritual eye test together. It seems to me that a common thread that runs through the passage of scripture that we're going to look at today is this idea of sight and how some people, like the Pharisees, they don't see at all. But most of the people, including the actual disciples, they do see, but not always very clearly. And then there are some others like the blind man in this story who has healed from his blindness. And it happens, interestingly, in stages. So the question is, what can we learn today if we look at this text from a spiritual point of view and give ourselves a sort of spiritual sight test? So let's begin to read this chapter together to find out how it can help. So picking up at Mark chapter 8 verse 10 says this, He got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmuthia. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus, to test him. And they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back in the boat, and crossed to the other side. So we're told in these verses that when he gets to this area called Dalmanuthia, the Pharisees come to him and begin to question him. Now the phrase can also be translated that they came and they disputed with him. In fact, that's how the old King James Version translates it. So what's very clear here is they've not come with an attitude of listening or learning, but pretty much of arguing and disputing. And then they ask him for a sign. A sign from heaven is the term they use. So what did they mean by that? Well, if we remember up to this point, Jesus has in fact already given them plenty of signs. He's been healing people pretty much everywhere he went. But they have chosen to attribute these signs and miracles to the devil. And now they're saying, give us a sign from heaven. 
So what does a sign from heaven look like? Well, it's hard to know what was really in their minds when they said that, but I suspect it's something along the lines of they're expecting him to demonstrate in the sort of way things happened in the Old Testament. Maybe they were looking for God to come down in a pillar of fire. Maybe they were looking for him to do something like to part a sea or to split a mountain or to even rain down bread from heaven. So they're looking for something very experiential and very sensational. And Jesus' response to this, well, it says he sighs deeply. He groans in his spirit, in fact, and that's a real expression of his lack, his total lack of their understanding and their unwillingness to understand, their unwillingness to see. In other words, their willful spiritual blindness. So he says to them, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he leaves up and departs and goes to the other side of the lake. Now, saying I'm not giving you any more signs is a very limited view of the conversation here. When it's recorded in the other gospel accounts, it adds the little detail of telling them that he will not give them a sign except the sign of Jonah. So he basically, what that means is he says to the guys, you guys can only expect one more final sign and that is going to be well we now know that I will die and come back from the dead like Jonah buried in the body of the fish back to life three days later but these Pharisees are blind and they do not understand that Jesus was the Messiah who fulfilled that role and they remain willfully blind in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 it tells us this And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Some people are just totally spiritually blind. Rather than see Jesus as the Son of God, they choose to conclude that he was just a man or some sort of magician of sorts. Now that is total spiritual blindness. It is literally looking into the face of God and seeing nothing of God in him. And if that's all you see when you look at Jesus, then I would respectfully suggest that you too are in the dark. You too are spiritually blind. The truth of the matter is many people today, still when confronted with the authentic Jesus, they manage to walk away from that encounter thinking he was just a good man or at best some sort of spiritual teacher or guru. I would say those people remain spiritually blind. And that's the first group that we see here, the group that are spiritually blind. But there's another group in this story, and let's pick up the text to find out about them. Verses 14 to 16 tell us, The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another, and said it is because we have no bread. So let's just pause for a second there. What exactly are the disciples talking about here? Well, their answer is they're talking about their stomachs. But what Jesus is talking about, of course, is the pride and the spiritual state of these guys. And he likens their state to leaven yeast in bread. Look out, he says, if you put a little of this stuff in, it will grow and multiply. So the disciples are so preoccupied with their physical needs that they're still spiritually blind. So here's how the Lord responds. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? 
Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do your eyes but fail to see, and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember, when I broke the five loaves for five thousands, and how many basketfuls or pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many basketful of pieces did you pick up? Seven, they answered. He said to them, and do you still not understand? So here we have 5,000 people, 12 disciples, 12 baskets left over. Second time, 4,000 people and 7 baskets of leftovers. So large you couldn't even carry them by yourself when they were filled. Wow, these guys are really not learning anything from the past experiences they've had with Jesus, are they? Anyway, the point is how soon they have forgot. In fact, how soon we all forget. Have you got ears that do not hear? Do you have eyes that do not see? Do you make a point of remembering the good things that God has done for you in the past? Do you absorb the spiritual truths and resources the Lord wants to put into you? Is your heart receptive? In other words, do you have a heart of stone or a sponge? As the word is preached, as the water of life is poured out to you, as you meditate on it, do you soak it up or do you feel to absorb it? Do you imbibe it or do you just let it bounce off you like a hard stone? And when the difficult times come, when the squeeze come and you need something back out of it, which would you rather have, a sponge or a hard-hearted stone? It seems sometimes no matter what the Lord has done in our lives, when we come on to the next crisis and we forget what he has taught us, then we forget what he has done for us. Oh no, people say, we've got no bread, they say. Well, sometimes, think, you have no bread, you're forgetting that God has given you a cupboard full of flour, yeast, water and salt. I've got no bread, you say, you just need to turn to the bread and call upon the bread maker. The next section sees the Lord doing something he's never done before, and he does this because he really wants to underscore what he's trying to teach those who are watching. So let's see what happens next. They then came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village, and when he spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked him, Do you see anything? The man, being healed, said he looked up, and he said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Now this tells us that the Lord is healing him. But he is choosing deliberately not to do it in in the same way as he's done it in every other case. In every other situation, his healing was in an instant. It was complete. But this time we see something happening gradually, partially, in stages, if you like. The Lord, you see, I believe, is trying to teach a spiritual truth here. And that is a truth to both the disciples then and to us reading about it today. And that is the fact that some people don't see spiritual truths initially, immediately, in their complete clear focus. Now, that group probably includes me, by the way. You see, usually God's word, God wisdom, needs repeating several times to me. Some might say it needs hammering home a few times. And I believe the Lord, for many of us, has to continue his work providentially so that we, as people, can be brought to a place where we can see more clearly. The text continues, once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. 
and Jesus sent him home, saying, don't go into the village. So this verse refers to the fact that he's healed him, first of all, in stages, now completely, but also that he has a plan. You see, he knew that he was going to the cross, but he also knew because many people appeared to have the wrong conception about who he was as Messiah. He says to this man, don't go telling everybody about this because my time has not yet come. In other words, he's not ready to disclose the full revelation of who he is. He says, I need to teach people and he actually needs to teach the very people around him, his disciples, because they need to see more clearly in order to have a hope of understanding what's really going on here. So as I've said, some do not see these things spiritually at all, but most will see something of it and will slowly come to see the significance. This applies, of course, not just about what's been described here, but about our own salvation and the power and efficacy of it. This applies to all the spiritual truths that Jesus wishes to teach us. Some have seen all the teaching of Christ on living a good and moral life, but still choose not to trust him as saviour. And some of us who've known the Lord for years still have many lessons to learn on how we need to rely on him to build other people up and live by every word that comes out of his mouth. But the important thing is, none of us are perfect. None of us understand all of God's great spiritual truths all the time. I personally have studied the scriptures fairly extensively and seriously for over 40 years now, but I must confess there are still areas of the Bible I struggle with intensely. Ideas like election and free will, topics like the second coming, and entire books, although I've read many times, Revelation and Daniel, I do not have the full understanding and application of them yet. I'm grateful that I have another three or four years, maybe five years in preparation before I will reach the point of teaching those, by which time I trust I will be as ready as I possibly can be. But the point to remember is that none of us are perfect. None of us see all of God's spiritual truths or will see them all the time. We are, in fact, disciples of the Lord, and that's what the word means. We're students, students, but led by the Holy Spirit, no less. There are occasions, of course, when we need to be assertive about what we believe. However, we don't want to be in the business of confronting people with what we believe in such a way that it might drive them away. Because occasionally we may be dogmatic on things and confront people perhaps to find out years later through studying the word of God that we ourselves maybe perhaps even see things differently than we once did. It is the nature of spiritual growth that there is often a gradual perception of spiritual truth, particularly when it comes to the more challenging or difficult areas of God's word. However, this particular passage is not primarily talking about spiritual blindness caused by immaturity. It's talking about spiritual blindness, referencing particularly the problem of the hardness of heart. So it's not really talking about understanding some passage or topic or even doctrine. It's more talking about being open to what God is saying to us through it and allowing it to be embedded embedded within us and about remembering God's character and how he's met our needs in the past and will do in the future. We can know what he's going to do in the future, evidenced by what he's already done for us in the past. I wonder if you've ever noticed that personal crises are often reoccurring. 
And, I've, and if that has been your experience, you'll probably notice a reoccurring problem always seems to get bigger each time it reappears. But what we need to do is remember that the Lord has dealt with this issue in the path and he will remain faithful to us in the future. A few days ago, as a way of illustration, on a previous passage a couple of days back, I suggested that students usually fail exams for one of three reasons. Either because they do not pay attention, or they don't study the textbook, or they fall into bad habits. These principles apply in the spiritual life as well. And in most cases, the bad habit for the Christian believer is choosing to focus on the wrong thing. It's about being intentional and choosing to focus on the truth that God is revealing to you is the key here. Focus on what the Word of God plainly teaches about these things and you will flourish. When we look at something in the wrong way, we'll always reach the wrong conclusion. A rather humorous illustration of this is told in the story of a young farmer who looking at two cows in his field and they were rubbing noses and he said to the girl, a girl he was keen on, he was standing beside him, he said, look at those two cows rubbing noses in the field. It almost looks like they're kissing. This makes me think about something that I might like to be doing. And the girl replied, go ahead, kiss it, it's your cow. They were both looking at the same thing, but saw it differently. Another thing that might stop you recognising spiritual truths is the fact that some people don't ever listen to begin with. Some people don't listen, and when they do hear, they don't pay attention to what is plainly said. Jesus in this passage couldn't say it any clearer. He says, if you've got an ear, then hear, and if you've been given eyes, then see. I'd like to illustrate this by telling you about one aspect of the American Telegraph Company operator recruitment process that was applied for years in America before the wars. Back in the day, telegraph operators were a huge part of the American communication system and they used Morse code. You've probably seen them in the old western when the chap's tapping away on the Morse pad to try and get the message through about something that's happened, maybe the train's been robbed or something. Well, that was the system of communication right up until after the Second World War. And they had an interview process of that. Now, the urban myth around that is that they would call the recruits into a large office waiting area with the sound of these machines tapping in the background. They were told to fill in their and finalise their application forms and wait to be summoned into the office. Well, after a moment, one recruit, he stood up among the many and he marched straight into the office. And the others thought, well, he didn't wait to be summoned, he's just marched straight in. Well, the truth is he did this because he listened to what he heard and he heard that what was being tapped out in the machines in the office was, if you hear and understand this message, come right into the office. And the applicant would get the job because he had not just heard, he was listening. I honestly believe that most of the important spiritual truths we need to understand are clearly there for us if we just, as Jesus says, have the ears to hear and the eyes to see. So I want to conclude today's study by asking one simple question. Are you one of those people who try and listen, but are slow to get it, but they do get it bit by bit? That applies to me. Well, if that's the case, this is what I believe this passage is telling us to do. What would you do if the problem was with your physical sight? Well, you go to the optician 
and I imagine you'd even be willing to pay something to have your faulty vision corrected. You would listen to what the optician said and then you would act on it. And if you needed glasses, you'd probably buy a pair of glasses. You would go and visit the expert and you would listen and you would act on it. Well, there's no different when it comes to your spiritual sight. You should stop what you're doing and go to the expert and listen to what he has to say. Some of you today will know that what you have heard in this message is a spiritual truth and many of you will do nothing about it. So I hope if you're listening to this today and if you've learned anything, what you now need to do is stop and think about what you've learned. Then you need to look where in the world, where in your life you can apply it. Otherwise you're hearing but you're not really listening and you're certainly not learning. As it said before in this passage, do you have eyes but fail to see? Do you have ears but fail to hear? You need, friends, we all need to stop and listen. That's my suggestion. We need to regularly pause, sit down and ponder what we've learned when we've listened or studied what God says to us. We need to try and discern what he needs us to do about it. Listen to what God says you need to do and then discern the action you need to take. You have to stop and focus on what you need to start doing by simply applying what you've learned. When you hear something new, when you receive a new spiritual insight, I believe we are to pause for a moment, to refocus and to see how that new truth fits into the world around us and the will of God. You see, at these points, They're God moments. You have an opportunity to see things differently now, but you'll only be able to do that if you stop and refocus for a while. Our walk with the Lord has to have built within it a pattern of pauses, times to reflect, times to listen to what he's really saying to us so that we can refocus on where we go from there in the light of that new spiritual understanding because it's only then we are really able to move forward again in the power and in the will of God. Okay, there we are for today. Great to have you with me today. I do hope you'll be back here again tomorrow on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. This podcast can be found and subscribed to on all the main podcast platforms. It's always freely available. But if you would like to access further resources, the place where you'll find not only the episode notes page, but a full transcript of it, is its host page website, which is the Bible Project at buzzsprout.com. And you'll also find links there to the archive on YouTube and some other places like the socials and even my LinkedIn page. Places where I put other more structured discipleship-like courses. You'll also find a link there to Patreon, which is the place where a few people have made the decision to support this ministry for a small amount of money on a monthly basis thereby enabling it to be made freely available all over the world. And I thanks to them for that. 
as a small thank you for doing that, I do post bonus episodes there. Things that don't fit within the format of the Main Bible Project podcast. Recordings of preaching or teaching I do in other environments. Even talks I give at societies and groups I attend. Secular ones, in fact. And also just some preparation and ideas that are works in progress that don't really fit within this podcast format. On the Patreon, there's a small community of us who support the ministry in that way and that's just my little way of saying thank you to them. So with all that said, we'll leave it there and I'll say bye-bye for now. And I'm so grateful that you've chosen to be here with me today and I do trust you'll be back here again tomorrow. Well, it'll be tomorrow for me, but it can be whatever day works for you because you can do this at whatever pace suits you. You can just drop, come along at the rate we're going or you can choose to go back to the very beginning and do it at whatever pace suits you. New episodes are posted pretty much every week, Monday to Friday. With that all said, I'll say bye-bye for now from the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye now.